Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium podcast. I'm so excited tonight. I have a special guest. And this guest is going to teach you what it's like to be a successful welder, pipe welder. My guest today is a second-generation pipe welder. She is from Union Local 46 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. For those of you who don't know where that is, you should. And she's a single mom to a seven-year-old daughter, Hayden. And they are both ambassadors to kick-ass careers. I, she grew up in Calgon, Ontario. She did her schooling at local colleges Sheridan, George Brown, and Mohawk. Started her career at local 46 as a steam fitter apprentice. Her most recent accomplishment is she's the first woman to be elected to the union's executive board. And during her free time, she enjoys working as a mentor with the Kick-Ass Careers. And we'll tell you more about that organization as we have this discussion and creating metal art which is very looks very good i've seen her work in her shop please welcome courtney shard to the skill stadium podcast courtney how are you this evening i'm doing great thank you how are you excellent excellent courtney i've got to share with you we have a mutual connection jamie mcmillan careers. isn't she awesome she's wonderful and um She's exactly what a mentor should be, and she gives so many opportunities to her team, and she, she's a beautiful soul. She really is, and she's a great advocate for the trade. I'm curious how the two of you connected. How did you connect with Jane? So actually, we connected through our mentorship work, and it was through doing work with Skills Ontario. And also doing work with the CWB is how we connected years and years ago. And we kind of separated a bit to, you know, do our own thing. And then Jamie kind of went more the, the public speaking and mentorship. And then I, of course, stayed finishing my trade up and just kind of working more with my union. And then we kind of came back and met and then we did a, she needed um, children for a photo shoot. So I said, oh, my God, we should, you know, I should use Hayden. And so I brought Hayden to the photo shoot, and we used her, and um, we just kind of reconnected from there, and she asked if it would be something I'd be interested in to work as a, as a mentor or an ambassador with Kick-Ass Careers. And I was at a point in my life where, you know, Hayden was a little bit older now, and I... And I was, you know, a little bit more stable with the job I had with Plan Group. And it was a perfect opportunity for us both to take on that role. And I'm very grateful for, to Jamie for that. Excellent. Can you share with us what Kick-Ass Careers is about for people who don't know? I, I'm familiar with the organization, but uh, we'd love to hear your, you know, if you could share what the organization is about. Okay. So Kick-Ass Careers, we provide mentorship to youth through education. Um, about the trades, and we work alongside with OEAP and Skills 
Canada and Skills Ontario, and we go into the classroom, or we normally do, but lately because of COVID, we've been doing a lot of Zoom calls and um, Zoom meetings, and we will pre-record things uh, for the class, little projects, demonstrations, and we explain what the trades are and the opportunities that are available to you if they go and choose trades as a career. Excellent. You know, looking back on your history, Courtney, you know, I, I did some research on you, saw you on a podcast and learned that your father was a welder. So yeah. I'm curious how that influenced your career choice. Obviously, when you grow up around it, because he had a shop on the property, so he was always exposed to it. He was very, very proud of what he did. And obviously, I seen that pride, you know, growing up and it's conversations around the dinner table and his friends coming over and then just simple things like the UA Journal coming and you would read it. And it was just such a part of my life. So it was, I was always exposed to it. So I was very lucky that I knew about it. And I saw that he really did love what he did for a career, which was great. It was, but it was a little intimidating to finally say to him that I did want to do it as a trade because that's going back almost 20 years ago. And there were, there weren't um, a lot of women in the trade. So it was still, it still took courage for me to ask him to, to do it. And I did go the whole, I went to college for a two-year program in law and security because that's what I was thought I had to do. That's what the guidance counselors told you to do. But me being exposed to it did obviously plant that seed. And I, once I got the courage to approach him and say, look, I want to do it, he was fully supportive. But um, the, the seed was planted. And I, and I was very blessed to have that. And when we go into schools and we speak to the youth, like when you say I'm a welder, we have no idea what a welder is. Like a lot of people have no idea, you know, and I, to me, that was kind of, wow, like they don't know because I just rubbed around and I knew what a welder did, but they don't. So um, there's a real need for it. Definitely. I agree hundred percent. I also think people don't understand the impact that welders have on our society. If you look at the infrastructure, bridges, <laughs> the things that we all take for granted. Automotive, yes, automotive, yes. You know, uh, without welders, our, our economy wouldn't run. I mean, just you think about the infrastructure that we need to keep an economy going. Uh, the pandemic proved that essential workers, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, also kind of looking back, I'm glad that your dad, you know, because back then, some, some dads didn't, you know, might have had a bias towards supporting their daughters in professions that were male dominated. So I'm, I'm glad that your dad was somebody that didn't have that mindset because yeah. 20 years ago, people thought a lot. I can tell you people thought a lot differently. I was de definitely born to the perfect parents. That's for sure. Um, yeah. You're right. Um, he could have been very old school and he wasn't, he was never that way about women. Um, so that was interesting. I, I reflected on that a lot, especially after becoming a parent and you, you grow up and you think about things and that was something about my father that was he was almost ahead of his time for so yes yeah, yeah i was born into the perfect family i had that that opportunity there for sure agree with you 100 now hayden your daughter is getting a lot of great exposure to the trades and welding could we see a third generation welder we could um i don't 
I'm very careful with her. I, I, I love the opportunities that she has um, with kick-ass careers and the exposure, obviously, she has to the different trades. The other ambassadors are huge mentors to my daughter, so, and they're different trades, the electrical side, the iron workers, the boilermakers, the carpenters. So she's getting great exposure, but she's also learning so many other skills. She's gaining confidence. She, she's so proud of herself and she wants to talk to other people about trades, other kids, other adults. So she's, she's getting so many more life skills from this experience than just the trades. I want her to be proud of her roots and where she came from. And I stress the fact that she's good to go. She can do whatever she wants, but I definitely want to instill a respect for the trades. And I want her to be, to know what the trades can offer others. So maybe she'll be a teacher or a principal and she'll see something in a child and say, you know what, maybe you should consider trades. My mom was a welder, my grandfather was. So maybe she could steer, like, so if she's not in the trades herself, maybe she could then recognize something in someone else and offer them that as an option, you know. So, well, that's a great point. That's a great point. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Also, nowadays, kids are going to have multiple careers. You know, they don't have more than one career. It's just the nature of the market. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a parent too. I've got a son and I've got a daughter. And, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to assume that this is how you think. But most of us as parents, we just want our kids to be happy. Just do what makes them happy. You know? And at the end of the day, if they're doing that, I think, I think, I mean, it's all good if they're doing what makes them happy. Life yeah. short. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you're exposing her to it. And, you know, Hayden will, will pick her course. She's going to do what she wants to do at the end of the day, no matter what we say or do. Uh, I'm sure it's the same thing with my kids. No matter what I say or do, they're, they're going to do what they want to do and what makes them happy. So, That's right. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, another thing, I was looking at your Instagram and was really impressed with your page and your artwork. How did you develop those skills? Because your artwork is amazing. Thank you for that. Um, I always could draw, for sure. Okay. And I always had kind of that artistic ability. And then even welding, it, it used to be actually considered an art form, the art mm -hmm. of welding. Now it's an actual registered trade. But there is definitely, I feel, an artistic you know, touch to being a welder. And then, of course, you grow up with all this, um, you know, these stereotypes or views that people implant or they're just kind of ingrained in you. So you, you can't be an artist, you can't be a musician, there's no money in it. Uh, so that's what people tell you. But my path, I went welding and I, I did like it. And uh, so then I kind of got where I missed the art because the art for me, I can really create from a place of no mind. And I, I can't meditate, but I've been told by people who do meditate that it's no mind. You're not thinking. So that's kind of my form of meditation. I'm in the shop, I'm creating, and I'm just not really thinking. I'm just doing. So I find it really relaxing. And it took me a while to kind of get brave enough, I guess, to kind of put myself out there. But once I did, the response was amazing. And it really has given me this push. And now I've been kind of learning 
that because sometimes I get requests and it wouldn't be something that I would have chose to make. Like I just recently made Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. I saw that. <laughs> but it really pushed me as an artist and I, I'm not creating it for myself. I'm kind of like just the conduit. That's for mm-hmm. someone else, mm-hmm. you know? And so now I'm trusting the process more of whatever I'm creating isn't for me. The right, whoever I'm creating it for is going to come along or it's for someone else. And that's kind of neat to be able to do that. And I would actually like to do it full time at some point. That would, that's kind of the next dream. You know, I think that's something that can happen because we, we live in a world now where you can get exposure. Mm-hmm. No one is going to create the same artwork you create. Nobody. Nobody can do the exact same. Our art is just that unique. Right. There's no one that's going to create an exact replica of what you're doing. So I think you're on the right path. And I think life's short. If, if it makes you happy, you should do it. You'll figure out a way to make, to make it work financially. You know, yes. I think you will. I think you'll you'll figure it out. And the great thing, and I've seen some people do it, is you don't have to quit your day job right away. You know, so you know you have. You know, like I said, you'll figure it out. You know, and and at the end of the day, you know, it's it, it takes a special skill. Not everybody can do that. Not if, I've seen, like I said, I've seen your artwork, and it, it's awesome. It looks really good. So uh, I say, go for it if it makes you happy. You should, you should go for it. Thank you. And what a wonderful thing that the trade has given me. Because yes. I don't think in high school I would have ever thought I would be a metal artist. I then I went through my apprenticeship and then that kind of said, oh, maybe I can create things out of metal now. So what a wonderful gift that the trade gave me. Definitely. Definitely. And um, can you talk about, so, you know, you're a union welder. Um, obviously, there's two there's two forms: just open shop and there's union welder. Can you talk about the benefits of taking that path? So, for me as a woman, I believe see the union creates so many opportunities for so many. Um, we just have the ability to do things that a lot of other companies wouldn't be able to do, right? So we're able to have you know the, the best education, the best benefits. Um, our apprenticeship programs top notch. We actually educate non-union come to take our schooling, you know. So it was such a wonderful learning environment for me. And then, of course, we have, you know, great HR. And so it was a, a really safe environment and good nurturing environment for me as a woman to do my apprenticeship because I did two apprenticeships with the local 46, the steam fitting and the welding. And it's given me so many opportunities. Like I've been an instructor with local 46 and uh, now I'm on the executive board. So the opportunity for growth has been absolutely amazing. Courtney, can you talk about the importance of, because you mentioned, you know, the learning and people are coming in for a non-union to, uh, to learn. Can you talk about the importance of continuing your education, your learning, and how that helps your career? Because I think that's important. You touched on it. I'd, I'd like you to go a little deeper on that. I never stop learning. I'm constantly taking courses. I'm even doing a course right now in public speaking, just because, you know, with, with well, being an ambassador for Kick Ass Careers, and then just now with COVID, 
There's so many podcasts and Zoom meetings. So I'm constantly up, upgrading my skills. Or um, I've taken courses as a shop supervisor. And so I like to learn. I like to read. I like to educate myself. But if you would like to get in a trade and just work on the tools, that's fine. But there's so many opportunities. If you just take a few extra courses, you can get to inspection, quality control, uh, GF courses. You take your first aids and you get supervisor courses, superintendent. You can even go into the office, be project manager. Like, it's endless. Yeah. I would also tell people who are listening now, especially women thinking of going in the profession, check out kick-ass careers, you know, you know, people like Courtney and Jamie McMillan are are leaders in this industry, and there's just so much to learn from them. And um, I would just encourage people to do that, just to, you know, it, it's going to help them with their career. And also for people who are already in the profession, because like I said, you can't, one of the things I've learned in my life just throughout my career, somebody who's changed careers, is the market is constantly changing, no matter what you're doing. The trades are no different. And if you're not keeping your skill sets up, you're going to become irrelevant. You're going to get left behind. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Um, I, I remember a couple of years back, I used to work for IBM, and I watched how they were laying off older workers. And the one thing I found in common when I saw older workers getting laid off is they hadn't kept their skill sets up. There are people who would gotten comfortable in their job. You know, oh, we're not into this new technology or this new learning. Those are the people that got fired. And, you know, I was in my, in my mid-30s at the time, so I understood, oh, wow, I don't want that to happen to me. And so there are lessons that we can learn from this. You, you really have to continue learning. And I didn't want people to think that the trades is a profession where you don't have to learn. You have to continue to learn. And, and I've spoken to other trades people, and they've all echoed the same thing that you're saying. So it's not a coincidence. So I agree with you 100% on that. And I like the fact that you're doing the public speaking. That'll really help you especially when you do these podcasts. <laughs> so uh, we know there's a skills gap and it's getting worse, particularly as the older workers are, are uh, retiring. Can you share how we can close that and get more people into the skill trades? Obviously education for sure. I also think there needs to be programs for, so when women have their families, so we, we, we have a problem, not a problem, we, we need to find a solution for when women have get in a trade, they do their apprenticeship, then they have their families. And sometimes they have a couple kids and they have a hard time with childcare. So I think if we address the issues, because we get up so early in the trade, that there's no childcare available. Before and after school programs, like nobody's up that early. So you'd have to find someone literally who would take your kid at like five in the morning, you know. So you could get to work. So I believe that the employers need to be on board with that to help out with childcare because then we wouldn't have maybe the women leaving for a few years and then they they have a hard time coming back. So I get a lot of questions from women who've stepped away from the trade for a few years and then they're nervous now to come back. So maybe if we can take care of the issues of childcare and then maybe Another issue is to help get these women back in if they did step away. Like, yes, we want you, now come, you know, come back in. Education, obviously. Education, education. And I'm going to touch on this. I think it 
kind of is going to go into the, the other question you have for me. We have to get rid of these stereotypes, and I don't know what it is. And I had this conversation today with a young guy who's having a, a little girl, and I said, "Would you let your daughter get in the trade?" And he's he's a steam fitter, and he's he wants to weld, and I'm teaching him how to weld, and he's totally supportive of me. And I said, "Would you want your daughter to get in the trade?" And I and I asked him this question purposely because I knew I was going to talk to you, and he sure. said, "No." So no, no. So and that's, and that's not an uncommon response. So what, what, was, his, what was his reason though? He thinks that because his wife is a little. He, he used the word "my wife's a little bit of a princess," and I think my daughter will be a little bit of a. But he's not the first one to say this. I have asked this question to other men who are in the trade. Would you like your daughter or son to get in the trade? And they're like, no, I don't want them to. And I'm like, oh, why? Look what's provided us. You were able to send your kids to college. You were able to provide a house, a home, food, clothing, shelter. You were able to do all of that. You were able to send your kids for education. They could play rep level hockey, all because you worked in the trade. And then when I ask you if you would let your son and daughter to work in the trade, you say no. So there's the problem. So we go into these schools, we talk to these children at a young age, because we're told if we get them in high school, it's already too late. So we're talking to grades six, seven, and eight. That's the target, because that's what statistics show. We have to get, especially with the women, with the girls, we have to get them young. We do that. And then we have our own tradespeople saying, I don't want my kid in the trade. So That's a big problem, because the parents have a lot of influence on you. That's huge. That's a big problem. It's a big problem. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a collective thing where you just, it's old programming where, you know, we really need to get where the sexes are truly equal. I agree. The masculine and feminine are truly equal. And it's ingrained in us from birth. Like even I, who is in the trades, I will have a thought come across my mind. And I have to question my own thought and say, do I really believe that thought? Where did that come from? And sometimes, you know, I'll just say, like, the masculine is more important than the, the female. And that's not true. But it's just something that's so ingrained. So I don't know. I don't know what the answers are, Keith. I, I say this a lot. I don't know what all the answers are. I know we always want. We want an answer. We want an answer. No, it's okay. I don't see where we need to work on it and where we need to grow and collectively something needs to change there. Maybe it's just time. Yes. A lot of things are just time as we evolve. But yeah, that's a huge one. No, I, I agree. I, I do think that the parents play a huge role. And I think if you educate the, I guess, the people who are influencing the youth and I think you've got to sell the parents because, like you said, if you know you ask these individuals who work in the profession, if they're scaring their kids away from it, it also sends a mixed message because our children watch what we do and they emulate what we do. You right. know, and they, our kids don't listen so much. So there's a saying: your kids don't listen so much to what you say; they watch what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's universal. I don't care where you are, what country, where. 
you know, rich, poor, young, whatever, you know, kids are smart. They observe, you know, and um, they watch what we do, you know. So if you're telling them one thing and you're doing something else and they hit a certain age, they start figuring it out and they're going to start calling you out. So I, I got to believe that that's really interesting. You know, you can't just, you know, telling your kid, no, don't go into trade while you're doing it does send a bit of a mixed message. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, it's funny because I did, I asked him that question. I know he's having a daughter and I said, would you like, would you want your daughter going to trade? And he hesitated, but he answered honest and he said, sure. yeah. And I know he like he's fine with me. There's no issue. Yeah. So it's fine for Courtney, not for my daughter. Yeah. I also think it depends on you know when I think about my kids' professions, I think about professions that align with their strengths and their interests. So I, I don't necessarily come at a child, you know, my my child, my children at least, and say, "Oh, you have to take this path." I kind of look at what they're. What are you looking at? You know, my kids are are 10 and 12. So, you know, they're at an age where they can go either way. Like what they were, you know, what they decide now is really not that relevant because they're young. It'll change as they get older, but I just try and pay attention. What are they spending their time on and what are their strengths? And I think as parents, that's probably the best move. If they're really good at the skilled trades and they're artistic, go for it. If you're really good at, I don't know, uh, engineering, go for that. If you're really good at teaching, go for that. I, and you, and what you enjoy. So I do think at the end of the day, parents and people in general should focus on what the kids are good at. Now, I also think some kids are not necessarily going to take the college path. And that's where you can say, here's this profession. Here are these still trades. Here's the type of living you can make. But here's what, here's the skill set you need to be successful. Here's the type of person. Now, here's what you need. Do you have that? Do you enjoy it? If so, away we go. Let's go. So that, that's kind of my take on it. And what are the benefits? Well, the benefits are, do you not want to go into debt? Okay, I don't want to go into debt. You want to make a good living wage. Okay, there are multiple skill trades that you can go in that will allow you to do that. Which one do you like? You know, you don't necessarily have to be a welder. You could be a plumber. You could be an electrician. All of them are great trades. It just depends on what you're interested in. That's how, that's kind of how I see it, you know, so. But yeah, you know, another thing too is, and I think you touched on it a bit, which was the, you know, there are not a lot of women in, this, in the skilled trades. And I think you did touch on that. And I think ambassadors like you probably could help with changing that, you know. Yeah, we try. But yeah. we, also, we, we also don't ignore the males. We, we also try to educate men just as much as women. And um, that changes the perspective, too. So I have you know, had lots of young male apprentices come up behind me and with me and that changes their their view on things and when they have a child, you know, right? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. What advice would you give for women who decide to go into the skill trades, you know, welding, you know, what advice would you give to them to be successful, to fit in? Because you obviously fit in. These guys respect you. You're, you know, you get along with them well. You've done something right, right? So what advice would you give to the next generation of women coming into welding? Be there for the right reasons. We actually talked about this today, too. Um, if you're in the trade just for the money, you're not going to make it. Even my dad told me that. He's like, do not do this just for the money. You really have to like it. You can mm -hmm. tell the people that are there just for the money. Sure. Um, 
Um, have the attitude, treat me the same, no better, no worse. Mm-hmm. Show up on time and be there to work. Like, and, and dress and conduct yourself accordingly. Well said. Good advice. And that, because that, and you're going to get the respect then. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? You know, I know you're on social media. Um, can you tell me how how it's affected the industry? Because you came up at a time when, you know, social media just wasn't really a thing. I mean, I, I'm the same way, too. So I, I would imagine you have a perspective on that because you've seen social media come up. How has that impacted your industry? I think it can be good and bad. It all depends how you use it. So I... Uh... In my case, I think it's been fabulous because I wouldn't have had this opportunity tonight with you without social media. It's given me a lot of opportunities. My art has been amazing. Like I've sold so much art. The internet, um, for the like, there's a big network of women welders and women in the trades just to connect with other women, and it doesn't make you feel so alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's now women's groups that where women can ask other women for advice or. You know, there's welder groups where you can ask for advice. So it makes the world a little smaller and it, you don't feel so alone. So there's wonderful opportunities now for it. I agree 100%. I, I'm, you know, I, I've been able to build relationships. I also believe you came up in a time where, you know, like me, you had to go out and build physical relationships, you know, shake somebody's hand, get to know them, be able to communicate. And I think that the these platforms just increase your reach yes and, and it enhances the skill set that you already have you know so i know that you have good people skills you grew up at a time where you had to go shake somebody's hand you had to go talk to somebody it wasn't just always texting so you know um i think that that social media just enhances it and just increases your your ability to network um I'm guessing Instagram is your favorite uh, platform. It is. It's quick. It's easy. I have a website, but it's so hard to update, and nobody even really goes on the website. All my all my work and sales go through uh, Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is my favorite. I do like it a lot. I like the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, no, I agree with you 100%. I wanted to get your opinion on something. Um, I have a skill trades job platform that uses video to help professionals showcase their skills and talent. What do you think of, you know, people using video to get jobs? I don't, I don't really understand that question. Like, as an interview? Uh, no, to create a profile. So somebody, uh, for example, most people when they have to do an interview or they have a profile, they've got like LinkedIn, you have a picture, uh, you have an online resume. This platform now is allowing you to do a video profile. So you do a 30-second elevator pitch, and you can do videos showing you doing the actual work to employers. So I was curious uh, your take on people using video to showcase their skills and talent to attract employers. I think it could help. I think it's a good idea, but I still think they're probably going to want to see you in person too. I miss that personal element. Like we did a, we did a couple of zoom calls or conventions on zoom and it, it wasn't the same. You didn't get the networking afterwards. You didn't get to mix and mingle with people and get that contact. You couldn't um, be as interactive. Mm -hmm. It's hard when you have hundreds of people on a zoom call. Yes, um, I do. You can't, it, it's just not the same. Like, we are 
meant to be with people and socialize and have that interaction. So 100%. everything in life is balance, right? Yes. So, and, and the times that we're in right now, we have no choice. This is what we have to do. So for now, if that's what we have to do, fine. We have to do it like that. And it's yeah. not bad. It's good. We just, you know. Just have to adapt. I yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking more like, it's an introduction, so I wasn't. I wasn't saying it's ne- going to negate meeting people in person. So oh. I do agree with you 100. percent employers, they can kind of sift through people and say, yeah, yeah, or no. Yeah, that was kind of the thought, and I also thought of it as a way for companies to, um, uh, for job seekers, use their creativity to stand out instead of the paper, traditional paper resume. Yeah. Uh, final question. How do you define success? What does success look like for Courtney? How many opportunities I can give other people? Great question. Servant leadership. Yes. Yes. I want to be known as someone who's helped people, educated people, taught people. I want to be known as someone who's given other people opportunities. Compassion. Excellent. Great question. Courtney, please share how people can find you and connect with you. Okay, so probably Instagram would be the best. So it's Char Courtney on Instagram. Excellent. Well, folks, Courtney, thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium podcast. I look forward to following your work on Instagram and and following you with Kick-Ass Careers, and I wish you much success. And I wish all the best for Haven, too. Thank you very much. Maybe one day we'll meet each other in person. Definitely. <laughs> have a good evening thank you for listening to skill stadium it would mean so much if you left a review on itunes and told your family and friends about the podcast